0: I think we're going to have to remember september 11 in its reality much the same way as we have to remember other horrific events in our history because somehow i think it pushes the human consciousness toward finding ways to avoid this in the future but if you um if you if you censor it too much if you try to find too many euphemisms for what happened then i think you rob people of the ability to actually relive it and therefore motivate them to prevent it from happening in the future.
1: And Welcome to the September 11th Tribute to the Main Event. I recorded this show the first time in September of 2008, my first year on the air with the Main Event. It's a combination of clips from uh, speeches and documentaries and, uh, and newsreels and movie clips and some music. To help you relive the emotions and the day that changed America, that changed the world and uh, changed many of our lives. I lost a high school friend that was on flight 77 that hit the Pentagon. So you can bet it had a profound uh, effect on my life. Don and I visited uh, Ground Zero for the first time in October of 2002, which was probably the most emotional, patriotic experience of our entire lives, that trip to New York. And we've been there at least 10 times since. This uh, project took hours and hours and hours to put together. I can dare you to try and keep dry eyes listening to this 25 minutes. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did putting it together. I'm interested in your comments. Send your comments to ed at edhoffman.net. Enjoy.
2: On a perfect, almost achingly beautiful late summer morning in early September 2001. A day of seemingly infinite visibility, one man later said. Characterized by the rare and exquisite flying conditions airline pilots call severe clear. Life in New York and much of the rest of the contemporary world was changed irrevocably in the space of less than two hours.
0: September 11, 2001 was the worst day in the history of the city. Everyone in the city should remain calm. The very best thing to do right now would be to remain home. I could see from the very beginning with the number of casualties and the tremendous damage that was done, and even the thought that we'd probably be attacked again during that period of time, that this was going to be really, really difficult. I'd ask the people of New York City to do everything that they can to cooperate not to be frightened, to go about their lives as normal. Everything is safe right now in the city. And the people who are doing the relief effort need all the help they can get. At 9.02 a.m., little more than 15 minutes after the
2: attack, millions of people in the metropolitan region, and tens of millions more across the country and around the world, were staring intently at the smoldering skyline of lower Manhattan when a dark shape appeared on the horizon above the New Jersey lowlands
0: and came hurtling across the upper bay. And then all of a sudden I saw a, a big explosion of fire. And at that point we all concluded, obviously it was, it was, a, ter- it was a terrorist attack. I think that was the first point at which I realized that we were into something different than any, any of us had ever prepared for, or any of us had ever thought we would live through. I realized I was in some kind of a horrible, awful, horrific human experience. I
3: hear people say We don't need this war But I say there's some things Worth fighting for
1: What about our
3: freedom And this piece of ground We didn't get to keep them By backing down They say we don't realize The mess we're getting in Before you start your preaching Let me ask you this, my friend
0: The resolve of our great nation is being tested, but make no mistake, we will show the world that
3: we
4: will pass this test. God bless. I don't know if you guys know it yet, this country's at war.
2: Listen, I'm not, I'm not taking any more chances. We got stuff flying around we have no control over. And I don't want to board full of these planes hitting every building on the east coast. This is a national emergency. Everyone lands regardless of destination. That's gonna cost billions. Can Just a do, do it. We have hundreds of international
1: flights coming in, they're
3: already in the air. No, no,
2: I don't I don't want any more international flights crossing the borders. And they don't have to go back where they came from. Nobody's right. coming into the country from now on. Everyone, shut off the East Coast. Shut off all the international from Europe. Shut off South America. Shut off the West Coast. Nothing over the top either. All right, gonna people, call Canada Yeah, Canada too. Yeah, shut down the airspace.
1: No, I can't accept it. No. Nobody takes off. Just Take a moment. Think about this. We're
2: going to put. We're going to shut down the entire country right now. That's right. Listen, we're at war with someone, and until we figure out what to do about it, we're shutting down. That's it. We're finished.
0: This was an attack intended to destroy us because we are a country that's built on principles of freedom and because of free will, people get a chance to distinguish themselves. This wonderful American civilization emerges, which isn't based on any ethnic group. It isn't based on any one race. It isn't based on any one religion. It's based on people believing in freedom.
4: We heard things hitting the sidewalk and I thought it was debris. And I think we all thought it was debris. And the windows on the west side of the building had already been blown out so as i walked towards those windows i realized it wasn't the breeze. these were people people who were so desperate that they had jumped from whatever stories and they were landing and it was a, a constant the shrill of the pop as they hit the ground and think about people so desperate that they would they would choose that that way to die, and they had to know they are gonna die. There's no way of, of surviving And that, that image will never leave.
0: A mother described to me talking to her son on the telephone when the second plane hit. And that's the last time she talked to him. Another family described to me how their loved one had let two elevators go because he was older and the people in the elevator were younger. And somehow my, my, my mind went back to the stories and the things you read about the Titanic or people who allowed other people to get on on boats and they didn't get on the boat because they were older. And from that moment on, I started thinking that we'll never know all the heroes. We know our uniformed people, were heroes. They went there and they died and they gave up their lives bravely trying to save the lives of other people. But what we don't know are all the individual stories of the person who gave up the elevator for another person, the person who calmed someone and got them out of the building, the person who organized their floor so that everybody could evacuate, the person who maybe, at the last, in the last moments, comforted people when all of them knew they were going to die.
1: We've got over 300 firefighters that are missing that uh, we can't account for. We believe that many of, uh, many of them are, uh, are, are gone. We don't... Um, We'll keep looking. Uh, We have hundreds of people over there now trying to find as many possible locations that they might be in in some way, in a void or whatever, and, um, you know, still be able to breathe and and still alive. But we believe that uh, most of these people, I think, are going to be uh, uh, unable to to pull out. Pastor, I got to go down there. Where? New York. You can't.
2: Only emergency responders are being allowed in. I spent
4: my best years with the
2: Marines. God gave me a gift
4: to be able to help people to defend our country. I feel him calling on me now for this mission. And then find a way to listen,
0: Dave. And I started thinking about the people that might be trapped. Are there people trapped? If they are trapped, can they survive? And I remember thinking, this, I'm, this is like being in hell. Today is uh, obviously one of the most difficult days in the history of the city and the country. The tragedy that uh, we're all undergoing right now is something that we've had nightmares about but probably thought wouldn't happen. My heart goes out to all of the innocent victims of this horrible and vicious act of terrorism, acts of terrorism, and our focus now has to be on saving as many lives as possible. What's the
1: status here? The search has been called off. This whole thing is crap, man. Our guys are in there. They're dying in there. It's like God
4: made a curtain with the smoke, shielding us from what we're not yet ready to see.
2: Do we know the number of casualties at this point, sir?
4: I
0: don't, I don't think we, we really wanna speculate about that. The number of casualties will be more than any, any of us can bear, ultimately. And I don't think we want to speculate on the number of casualties. The effort now has to be to save as many people as possible.
3: United States Marines, anyone can hear me, yell or tap.
0: Some of the information was too brutal. I think I said that day that I don't think people could handle the full implications. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me that Beth's husband was Terry Haddon, who was the the captain of Rescue One. And I looked over and I said to her, was Terry working today? And she said, yes. And his tears came down her
4: eyes.
3: She looked at me and she said, he's dead. And I got angry, I said, you don't know that Beth, you don't know that. And she said, yeah, I know that. I felt it and I know that. I was standing on the steps of City Hall. We all looked up, and I knew that Terry would have been one of on one of the, the highest floor that he could get to in that building, because that's just what his company does. And when I saw the building come down, I knew that he had no chance. His friend Tim told me that he saw Terry going in, and Terry said to him, we may not be seeing each other again and kissed him on the cheek and ran up
4: the stairs. We lost all those firemen, we lost police. We had this fantastic contradiction of people who hated you so much that they were willing to give up their life to take yours and people who loved humanity so much that they were willing to run into the Don building in the smoke and flame and just to save the life of somebody they never met. And that ineffably beautiful. There's no better definition of love. There's no, there's no more inspirational, no more inspiring, no more near-to-saintly conduct that you can think of than what they demonstrated.
0: Everybody should in their own way say, say a prayer and ask God for help and for assistance and uh, and also ask God to give us the strength to overcome this because I know we're, we're going to need strength to overcome it. And I want the people of New York to be an example to the rest of the country and the rest of the world that terrorism can't stop us. American democracy is much stronger than a vicious, cowardly terrorists, and we're gonna overcome
1: it. If you can hear me, yell or tap!
3: We hear you! Go ah! Keep yelling!
1: <laughs> 813! BD down! Gotcha! Hang on, hang on, okay? don't leave it with me
3: here a long time we're not leaving you buddy we're marines you are our mission <laughs> that's great oh that's great he took all the footage off my tv said it's too disturbing for you and me it'll just breed anger that's what the experts say it was up to me, I'd show it every day. Some say this country is just out of looking for a fight. Well, after 9-11, man, I'd have to say that's right. for the families who mourn this nation stands with the good people of new york city and new jersey and connecticut as we mourn the loss of thousands of our citizens i can hear you
4: Stadium served as a staging area for rescue supplies, and the New York Mets baseball team, overlooking its exalted status, banded
1: together with other volunteers. We got, a, we got a box of t-shirts here. People came in from Wall Street who had walked home, and two days later, you know, I need to do something. I have to help. What can I do? I had that same feeling that that so many uh, other Americans had. Of just too, I needed to do something. The Yankees too pitched in.
4: Following the team's first post 9-11 gathering, manager Joe Torrey led a group of players on a goodwill trip downtown. We went to the armory, which was the most emotional and we didn't really know if we should be there.
0: This is where families were all gathered to wait on word if their loved ones were alive. If they weren't alive uh, evidence that they weren't alive so they were doing dna samplings I, I remember one very poignant moment when bernie williams went up to this woman and he was sort of fumbling and he, and he says I, I don't i don't know what to say he says but you look like you need a hug and he put his arms around her and i, and I think sort of broke the ice to see that you know these people needed this and I think at that point in time, I realized
4: that there was a role for us.
2: But I'll never forget where I was, and I'll never forget that day. And I remember taking a bus home at night, at about 11.30, at Amsterdam on 116th Street, and how quiet the street was. There was an eerie silence like nothing I'd seen in more than 30 years of working there. And then I remember when the bus came that there was a sign around the a little box there that said, no fare today. And I remember sitting on the bus, and sitting opposite a young woman who was just crying. And I remember when I got off the bus at 83rd Street, she was still crying. I remember just putting my hand on her shoulder and I said nothing and she said nothing and
0: I got off. But I'll always remember that woman. We have to cry and we have to mourn and we have to feel terrible and awful. And on the way over here, I cried in my van because I had to go to the morgue to identify some. But the tears have to make you stronger. Every time you cry, you have to remember that we're
4: right and they're wrong. In the aftermath of September 11th, the mood of the country changed. Baseball games became communal gathering places for fans to express their emotions. And as much of the country turned a sympathetic eye to New York...
2: The Red
3: Sox asked you to join us in a tribute to the spirit of the people of New York.
4: The city's baseball teams became the objects of affection. I could not, under any circumstances, ever imagine cheering for the Yankees.
0: But I think America's sense of New York changed in September 11th and and the days afterwards. The face of New York changed. It was 343 New York firefighters who walked into
4: the fires of hell to save strangers. And it becomes very difficult to hate the Yankees. Another reason for the heightened security was the appearance of a guest from Washington. All of a sudden, there was a knock at the door,
2: and President Bush walked into our room.
1: Well, when you're president, all you have to do is say you're showing up, and they kind of ask you to throw out the first pitch, no matter what time of year it is. So I go
0: underneath the Yankee Stadium and the bowels of Yankee Stadium, and there's a hitting cage there.
1: And he's wearing his bulletproof jacket, and he's getting his arm loose, and Derek Jeter comes up to him. So I just asked him if he was going to be throwing the first pitch from the mound or in front of the mound president said, I think I'll throw from the base of the mound. Jeter said, I wouldn't do that if I are you, Mr. President. And I told him, uh, you better throw from the mound, otherwise you're going to get booed. I said, this, this is Yankee
0: Stadium. I said, okay, I'll throw from the mound. And he's walking out, and he looks over his shoulder, and he says, don't bounce it. They'll boo you. All of a sudden, the pressure mounted. The president of the United States. I'd never... I felt what I'd felt before when I walked out of that dugout. I felt the raw emotion of the Yankee fans. USA!
2: USA!
0: USA! USA! The crowd just erupts in a chant of USA. There is nothing like it that I've ever experienced at a ball game. It was overwhelming, it was just overwhelming.
4: President Bush is standing out there like a brick wall. I'm not afraid of terrorists. I'm gonna stand all out here, I'm gonna give you a thumbs up, and I'm gonna throw a strike.
0: I didn't vote for him, but at that point, my personal feelings about him as a politician is gone. I watched him, and he was my representative, and I had never felt that way before.
2: Nice throw, Mr. President, good
0: stuff,
2: good stuff. At that moment, everybody there was there for baseball and to show the world that in spite of what can happen to us, we'll pull ourselves together
0: and what is our life and our way of life will continue. United we stand. We stand together in the face of this threat. We will play baseball in the midst of the beginnings of this war. No matter what the threat may be to us, the United States of America will stand strong and will never be intimidated.
3: Have you forgotten?
4: One of the tricks in life is to convert everything into good. You're a sculptor, and you have a stone, and the stone has a scar in it. And well, so now you have to sculpt around that scar, and you've got to use that scar to to make it part of whatever it is you're going to produce that's beautiful. And um, work with what you have. Play it as it lies. So whatever the circumstance, use it for a good purpose. 9-11, how can you possibly use it for good purpose? You think about it. You think, as uh, we've suggested before, you think about, look, what this reminds you of is the importance of your own life and making the most of it, because you you can lose it in a flash. And if that's all you learned from 9-11, if that's all you remembered, that, my God, you could extinguish life so suddenly, so unexpectedly, and it could happen to me, and therefore, I should think harder about the way I spend my life instead of just wasting it. Now, it's not going to teach you what to do with your life, but it will teach you to do with your life.
3: God To the
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the September 11th tribute on the main event I'm interested in your comments Email them to me at ed at edhoffman.net Also if you want to share this tribute with anybody You can find the podcast at edhoffman.net
3: NMLS ID number 9921. California ID number 1012658. Arizona MLO license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 0925837. Equal Housing Opportunity.